Hello and welcome to the Jack Benny program from otrgold.com. This episode will begin after a brief message from our sponsors. The Chevrolet program starring Jack Benny with Frank Black and his orchestra. Frank Black opens the program with Roll Up the Carpet. My friends, I directed your attention to that big, striking Chevrolet poster now on all the billboards. Every minute, someone buys a Chevrolet. Ladies and gentlemen, that statement is incorrect. Tonight, I take pleasure in informing you that since the Chevrolet poster was prepared, Chevrolet sales have shown such an increase that instead of every minute someone buys a Chevrolet, it should be every 40 seconds someone buys a Chevrolet. Now that, mind you, is every 40 seconds, night and day. And here are the figures to back it up. During the month of May, Chevrolet dealers reported the sale of over 65,700 cars and trucks. That's 17,500 better than May 1932. 11,800 better than April of this year. Naturally, Chevrolet is grateful to the American public for making such a record possible. A record which exceeds by 1,000 cars a day the May production of any builder of automobiles. And everybody knows why. Chevrolet is the only car giving Fisher body, no draft ventilation, fine performance, proved dependability, and unexcelled economy at prices as low as $445 FOB Flint. That's why today, more than ever before, Chevrolet is the world's largest builder of automobiles. Again, this is Jack Benny, the Earth Galloper, coming to you with all the late news events, and tonight we have a big surprise for you. We are going to give you a full description of the smelling bear fight which was not broadcast last night. We have here our own film of this famous fight held at the Yankee Stadium, where the New York Yankees play baseball while at home. Run the film, Hank. The, um, the preliminaries are over, and smelling and bear are now in the center of the ring taking their instructions. What a crowd, folks. 60,000 people and only 30 vacant seats. Simo Carnera walks in and the 30 seats are filled. Carnera sits down and 2,000 people behind him get up and go home. Ah, what a crowd. Here goes the bell for the first round. Smelling and Bear walk to the center of the ring. Bear looks confident and Smelling looks German. They are fiddling around for a minute and there they go. 
Bear starts off with a hard right to smelling jaw, and Bear counters with a hard right to smelling jaw. Ah, what's this? Smelling sends a hard chin to Bear's right. Uh-uh. Ah, Bear swings a wild right to smelling jaw, and Bear comes back with a wild, wild right to smelling jaw. <laughs> smelling jaw seems surprised as it didn't even know that Bear was in town. They are both mixing in the center of the ring as the round ends. Smelling's round and Howard Blaney. The Chevrolet motor car is the finest round, too. Both men step to the center of the ring and exchange blows. What a crowd at the Yankee Stadium. Starkey is here sitting right over second base. Gene Tunney is also here sitting over first base. Bear sends a long left to Smelling, sending Starkey to third and Tunney to second. None out and Bear's still at bat. What a game! In the outfield, we see Lefty Grove warming, warming up for Germany and Smelling still catching. As the bell rings, Ruth and Gehrig are seen walking through the dugout. And Howard Clady. The Chevrolet motor car is the most economical car in Power the three. At the start of this round, Bear makes a mad rush at Smelling. But Smelling tosses a right to his nose, and Bear starts singing, California, here I come. He sees Jimmy Melton become self-conscious and lands a right to Smelling's temple. What a blow. Watch out, Bear. Four feet lower would have been a foul. Bear takes command again. He's much bigger than Moxie. What a mountain Bear is. Bear Mountain. Get it, folks? Ah, <laughs> oh, that was good. Uh, smelling leads to right. What's that? What's that? Another another fight breaks out at the ringside. Another fight. Who is it? They tell me it's between a taxi driver and a tailor. Well, folks, now we have a doubleheader at the good old Yankee Stadium. The tailor lands the right to the taxi driver's jaw. Smelling blocks it and crosses the left to Bear's chin. Bear sends a wicked right to the tailor, and the tailor sends a wicked note to his lawyer for a triple play. Lawyer to smelling to Bear. Ah, uh, what's this? Bear sends a dozen assorted rights to smelling jaw while we weren't looking. He sends another right to his head, a right to the heart, and a right to the liver. As there are no more places for Bear's right, he rings the bell, ending the third round. Now, the next six rounds were nip and tuck. Bear nipped and smelling tuck. And as there was nothing outstanding in these six rounds, I'll tell you a story. Once upon a time, there were three little bears. Mama Bear, Papa Bear, and Maxie Bear. <laughs> they all lived in the woods. So one day, Poppy Bear said to Maxie Bear, Round ten. Bear opens this round with a right to smelling beer and a left to the jaw. Smelling counters with a nasty look. Bear resents this and starts falling. The referee warns Bear. Bear warns Smelling. Smelling warns Sharky, and Sharky leaves the stadium. Bear is now mad and sends another right to smelling jaw and a left to the head. They are now missing it. Right, left, right, left, right, left. Company halt. What a parade. Bear looks at his watch, remembers he has a date, and there he goes, forcing smelling to the rope. Ah, what a chance for a cigar program. He sends two rights and a left to smelling's head, and smelling goes down for the count of nine. One, two, three. Oh, small and handsome. Why don't you get up? Six, seven, eight. Are you hurt smelling? Nine. He gets up at the count of nine. But it's too weak to carry on, and the referee steps in and announces Max Bear the winner, which is a surprise to everyone. <laughs> now Frank Black, who bet on smelling, will try and play somebody stole Gabriel Thorn. Play Frank. Huh? 
we take you again to the study of Sherlock Holmes, who is working out some new clues in hopes for a speedy arrest of the murderer of Mr. X, the home of Sherlock Holmes. Very mysterious case. Very mysterious, Watson. Mm -hmm. Very mysterious. Watson, I must think. Bring me my piano. The finance company took it away this morning. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Then give me my violin. Ah, no use. No use, Watson. I will never learn shuffle off the button. Then why don't you try Rochester or Albany? Albany, fine. How does it go? Albany. Watson. Watson, an idea, an idea just struck me. An idea just struck me. You couldn't loan me $10, could you? Well, you're wonderful. How did you get it? I felt it. Mm -hmm. Is anybody here, was there anybody here to see me today? Yes, three fellas. What's their name? Sir Arthur, Cohen, and Doyle. Mm, very good, Watson. But you better let me get a laugh or you won't be on the program next week. That's elementary, fellas. Hello. This is Owens in Boston, Incorporated. You want to speak to Mr. Owens? Wait, I'll connect you with the bathtub. I'm not taking a bath, Mary. Well, you should be. Here. It's for you. Who is it? Mr. X. He wants to know how you're doing with his case. Give me that phone. Mr. X? Yes. Yes, we'll find the man who murdered you. Just keep your shirt on. Yes, yes, you'll get a report. What's the address? Hmm. Mm, all right. Goodbye. Go down to the address, Mary. Box 32, Evergreen Cemetery. See, he lives right next door to my great-grandfather. Uh-huh. Mary, see who it is. Be on your toes, Boston. Uh, who do you wish to see, sir? Mr. Holmes, I've got some news for you. Let him in. Well, young man, what can I do for you? I have a clue to the murder of Mr. X. You have a clue, eh? Who are you? I'm a stool pigeon. Oh, a stool pigeon, eh? Sit down. Mary, get him a stool. Here you are. <laughs> Here you are, Mr. Pigeon. Mary, lock the door. Close the window and pull down the blind. Mm. Mm. Now tell me, who do you think killed Mr. X? Well, give me $5 and I'll tell all I know. Mm, for $5, eh? Mary, have you... Certainly uh, not. Boston. No. Mm, mm. How much do you, uh... How much do you want to sell all? $5. Here's 50 cents. Just give me a rough idea. Well, you're a new customer. I'll take it. Now, what's your clue to the murder of Mr. X? Well, I saw a fellow flying over the penthouse less than a week ago. He looked very suspicious. He was flying over 200 miles an hour, and he didn't stop until he got to Oslo, Norway. Oslo, Norway. Mm -hmm. Yes, and when he turned around and saw me looking, he left quickly for Moscow. Yes, 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 yes. Go on. Go and as soon as I got to Moscow, he left for Siberia. And how did you keep up with him? Don't tell anybody. A Chevrolet. A Chevrolet. Mary, a Chevrolet. It was a Chevrolet, folks, the most dependable car in the low price field. <laughs> now, Mr. Pigeon, your face looks very familiar. What did you do before you became a food pigeon? Oh, uh, you. <laughs> I thought so. I thought so. Now, tell me one more thing. Did you get the name of this aviator? Yes. His name is Jimmy Matter. 
No matter, Nay. Boston, put down that salami. Get me my aeroplane. There's no time to lose. We'll follow him to the ends of the world. But wait, sir, like, how did you figure he could have killed Mr. Edge by flying over the penthouse? Well, I'll tell you, Boston. All those aviators carry sandwiches. Now, he may have had a three-decker sandwich and dropped it. And that would kill anybody. Well, like, you're a bear. Boston, you're smelling. Get the aeroplane. <laughs> Here you are, Sherlock. All we got is a tri-motor plane. What's a tri-motor plane, Jack? A plane with four motors. Boston, spin the propeller. Ah, Boston, you've got her in great shape. What is that? The left wing fell off. Do we need it? Yes, I'll have to fix it. I've got a safety thing. <laughs> Not yet. That's in the next scene. I'm only rehearsing. Oh, come on. Come on, let's go. Get in, Boston. Are you coming along, Mary? Are we going up in the air? Yes. Oh, wait till I get my air there. Never mind, Ed. Get in. <laughs> All right. All right, get ready. Be careful, Mary. Be careful. Too late, France. 
Look, Sherlock, somebody left a tackling on the ground. That's nothing. It's the Eiffel Tower. Sherlock, you're colossal. Hallelujah, you're a bum. Watson, I'm afraid we're running out of gas. Don't worry, I just put a quarter in the meter. Good work. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Look, 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 we're crossing the Russian border. So quick. Remember, this is a half-hour program. Look, look up. Look, there's another aeroplane. You're right, fella. Maybe that's the man we want. Get closer. Hello.
Exposition. Ladies and gentlemen, it's off to a grand and glorious start. Everybody's excited about it, talking about it, planning and figuring how and when to go. And nearly every person who's been to Chicago comes back with the same enthusiastic story. Chevrolet has stolen the whole show. That perfectly amazing World Fair factory of Chevrolets in which cars are built right before your eyes is a fascinating sight. It's the highest of all the high spots in three miles and a half of thrills. Now, here's a tip, my friends, on how to get to the World's Fair the easiest